and welcome back to Fireside Chat Fridays here on Straight Independent Radio. I am your host, the Idea Dynamo, Samantha Pierce. We're sponsored by Parents for Public Schools of Syracuse, and we talk about all things education, public education here in the city of Syracuse. I'm joined today by a longtime education funding advocate, Michael Rebell from NICER.org. And Michael, you and I met some years ago to talk about um, education funding here in New York State. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Okay, well, really nice to be on the show with you uh, tonight, Samantha. And yes, I do remember our meeting a number of years ago. Um, I really got involved um, in, in the issue of education equity and fairness and funding in New York. Wow. Uh, my friend Robert Jackson reminded me it was about 30 years ago when we first started planning the CFE case that many of you may have heard of. And that was a long struggle, but um, by 2006, we had won this big case. It was brought on behalf of kids in New York City, but um, we realized that it had statewide uh, impact. So early on, we did reach out and um, work with coalitions throughout the state to make sure that the benefits of CFE would um, would be realized for all kids in the in the state, and especially those in what we call the high need areas, um, which include Syracuse and, and Buffalo and many of the um, areas in Western New York. Um, uh, so uh, that was my beginning. Uh, make a long story short, uh, CFE uh, ordered the state to come up with additional funding. Uh, it specifically ordered it for New York City, but we worked with many of the groups uh, to make that a statewide commitment by the state. Uh, so by 2007, uh, they did make that commitment and they adopted um, what was called the foundation aid formula at the time, um, which uh, promised to increase funding throughout the state by about $7 billion. Uh, so that was um, a major accomplishment we were very pleased. Uh, the state committed to increase that funding over a four-year period from 2007 to 2011 uh, with increments every year. Things worked out well for the first two years, but uh, then the recession hit in 2008. And uh, first they froze any further funding. And then when the federal money ran out, uh, they cut substantially. So I'm uh, compressing a lot of history here, but I wanna bring you more yeah. up to date. Um, when we saw how badly the um, education funding from the state uh, had become by about 2012, 2013, uh, we tried to work out um, a solution politically with uh, Governor Cuomo, who was then re relatively new, um, uh, but the negotiations did not go anywhere. So we decided to bring a new lawsuit. And this time we said we have to from the beginning, make the suit statewide so that all kids will benefit. And uh, that finally gets me to meeting Samantha because yeah. around 2014, I think, when we were putting this case together, I came up to Syracuse, we visited other places, and we reached out to um, groups that uh, we were aware of that were um, um, promoting uh, educational equity, educational funding, and the um, uh, public school parents of Syracuse 
was a prime organization. So that's how I got in touch with, Sarah, with, with Samantha and several others. And um, we talked about this need for fair funding for getting the state to keep its commitment. Okay. And uh, Samantha was good enough to sign on board and became one of our plaintiffs in what, what became the NICER suit. Um, and NICER, I should tell you, it stands for New Yorkers for Students' Education Rights. And we adopted that uh, acronym because um, we felt that uh, we were nicer to kids than Governor Cuomo. <laughs> we wanted to give them full funding. Uh, so that's where I met Samantha, and we've been um, working on the case for these many years, and interesting things have happened over this time. We've yeah, we, we've it. had a few interesting things. Um, I had the pleasure of going through a deposition. That was uh, very interesting. <laughs> um, answering all sorts of questions about my children's education and the Syracuse City School District. As, as part of, as being part of this case. And I think it was about uh, 2017 or somewhere around there that we crossed paths, 2017, 2018, maybe. And so this was a, this was a long fight, a very long fight. And I did, a, I, did a, I did a lot of waiting, which is what I expected. And having that opportunity to be deposed with them that was fun, answering all those questions. But, um, you know, we did a lot of waiting, going back and forth between the courts and all this fun stuff. And we get to 2020 and more interesting things happen. With the, the, you know, parents are, where parents are saying, yes, we need more funding, we need better resources to be giving our students the education they need. And the school district was saying, yeah, not so much, not really, which confused me. What was your reaction when you read the testimony from Syracuse City School District staff? Um, I was shocked to tell you the truth, Samantha. Um, you know, we brought this case on behalf of parents and children. Uh, so we have panther, pair of parent plaintiffs in New York City and, and Syracuse and Schenectady. Etc. And uh, in, in Schenectady in New York City, um, when uh, the state's attorneys uh, uh, started deposing the officials there, and, and the purpose of these depositions is to prepare for trial, each side tells the other side who their likely witnesses might be, and each side gets a turn to have these depositions, which is to ask them questions so you can understand what they're likely to say and you can be prepared for it, be prepared to cross-examine them at the trial. So in the other cities, uh, the state, uh, the uh, city officials were very cooperative. In New York City, we had everybody from the chancellor on down, and when they had to answer questions, they said, well, we've got really tremendous needs. The state's not giving us enough money. Um, we really uh, oppose this um, failure to carry out the promise to, to fully fund foundation aid. And they worked with us and gave uh, some very good testimony. Uh, in Syracuse, uh, I don't know what happened, to be honest with you, um, because when we were first putting the case together, we had a lot of cooperation from the superintendent on down, got a lot of good information. That's 
That's why we picked Syracuse as one of the places that we would focus on to illustrate how much kids need uh, additional funds and especially uh, students of color who were really um, uh, not being well served um, uh, because they had needs for very specific services as did ELL kids, uh, students mm -hmm. with disabilities. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, we put down a lot of claims in our papers based on the information we got from the Syracuse school officials. But then when it came to getting close to the trial, I don't know what happened, to be honest with you, because uh, many of these same people and, and their successors, uh, when they were asked these questions by the state officials on the record uh, with written transcripts, uh, their answers were lukewarm at best. And they said, well, yeah, we have some problems, but money's not the problem. We have to organize better. We have to develop new programs, whatever. Uh, but they really um, uh, minimized the need for more money. And um, the difference between what the officials in New York and Schenectady and all were saying and what they were saying in Syracuse was, uh, was very, very uh, sharp, that distinction. And um, mm -hmm. we were very surprised. Yeah. I was very surprised myself when I read the testimony and I read the testimony of people that I've met, I've talked to, they're nice people. And we've talked about the need for more resources for students, particularly students receiving special education services. But as you said, it, when it came time to go on the record, all of those conversations seemed to disappear. And I don't know what happened either. Nobody's talking to me. <laughs> Nobody's talking to anyone else that's that's really reached out to help parents get a handle on this. So while all of that was happening, we move into the the New York's annual uh, annual budget season, and parents were asked to go and contact all of our legislators and send tweets and emails and letters and go visit Albany to drum up more funding for the school district, which. That's a real head scratcher for me, you know, <laughs> after reading the testimony and then, you know, knowing that they're telling us to go advocate for, for, for more money. As the, as the budget cycle wound down, I guess something happened somewhere and all of a sudden we have all this funding and everyone in the, everyone here in Syracuse is like, what? They're actually providing the funding. Can you tell us a little bit more about how that came about, what the budget deal is, and where that places the nicer lawsuit now. Okay, great questions, and uh, I'll try to give not too long answers to them. Um, you know, for years, as Samantha said, uh, many advocacy groups around the state have joined uh, NICER, and by the way, NICER is a coalition of a lot of the major education groups around the state, the state school boards, uh, the superintendents association, the state PTA, uh, groups like um, Parents for Public School in Syracuse, other advocacy groups. We've all been working together and lobbying, et cetera, in addition to bringing this lawsuit. Um, but in past years, uh, those efforts haven't gotten too far. We've gotten increases, but not a full payment of the foundation aid amount, which is what we've been looking for. And I think over the years, the biggest stumbling block, well, I shouldn't say over the years, at least in recent years, 
when the Democrats have gotten control of both houses of the legislature, because the Democrats have always been uh, more inclined to favor increased funding for education. When the Republicans controlled the Senate, uh, they tended to uh, be less um, uh, strong on uh, additional funding for education, let me put it that way. But you know, a year or two ago when the Democrats took control, we thought, wow, we'll get a real breakthrough, but we didn't. And um, uh, it's, it's pretty clear that Governor Cuomo uh, in the negotiations with the legislature on the budget each year was um, uh, less inclined to support increased funding for education um, he did not want to raise taxes on business interests, etc. Okay, so what happened this year? Well, I don't know for sure. You know, I was not privy to these negotiations, but we all know that the governor's political position uh, has been substantially weakened in the last few months because of uh, a variety of uh, issues that have arisen about him. Uh, he's on the defensive. There are various investigations. Uh, so I have to conclude that in those negotiations, uh, the leadership for the Assembly and the um, Senate uh, had uh, a lot more leverage. And I do think that the lobbying um, uh, that, that Samantha referred to by so many groups around the state, and I think the pendency of our lawsuit uh, also helped in this effort. But you know exactly what made the difference, I just don't know. All I do know is it was a great outcome because yeah. the uh, legislature has now committed to fully funding this foundation aid amount and um, uh, they're gonna do it over the next three years. Um, they've already appropriated the amount for next year and they've committed the two years after that to fully paying off uh, what this funding is. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's the big breakthrough. Um, as far as the nicer case is concerned, you know, uh, right after the legislature acted, the uh, representatives of the attorney general's office who we deal with uh, came to us and said, um, well, okay, the litigation's over. We ought to withdraw all the papers and uh, you guys won, congratulations. Even though it wasn't in the court, it was in the legislature. Mm -hmm. And um, we said to them, well, thank you, but uh, not so fast. We're not withdrawing this lawsuit until we see all the money. You know, that old Yogi Bear expression, it ain't over till it's over. Um, it's great that we know the money's been appropriated for next year, but these additional amounts for the two years after, um, I wanna see it before I'm gonna withdraw the lawsuit. And um, uh, personally, you know, I've been there before. We had a commitment in 2007 to pay all that money over four years. And we never got most of it because they paid it for two years and then the recession came. Yes. I hope we don't was, have another recession two years from now, but mm -hmm. uh, who that knows? That was exactly my thought when, when reading this. Okay, they've committed to fully funding it and providing these funds for uh, you know the next few years, but they did that before. <laughs> and yeah. as you said, we never saw the money. So my first thought is, well, what what can parents do? What can families do to help make sure that this is legally binding, that the state can't back out, back away from this deal? Well, great question, Samantha. And I'll tell you what you can do. 
we're negotiating with the attorney general's office now. And what our position is, there are two things we're asking for. And I think both of them are important to parents in Syracuse and New York City all over the state. The first one is we want to guarantee this time that they're really going to pay the money. Yeah. And there is a way we can get the guarantee. And that is we can settle the case by uh, what's called a legal stipulation where the state agrees with us to put in writing, yes, here's the amount we will pay in 2022, here's the amount in 23, here's the amount in 24. And then with the consent of the parties, we ask the judge to sign that document. So it becomes a court order. Mm -hmm. And then that means the state will be ordered by the court to do it. And uh, whatever happens, recession, uh, end of federal funding, whatever it is, they still have to pay this money. So that's the first thing we want. The second thing, responding to your other question, what happens after this, um, which by the way, is even more important for Syracuse because quite frankly, uh, under the way the foundation aid has been paid over the years, Syracuse hasn't gotten all of its funding, but it's gotten more than some other districts. Let me put it that way. So you're gonna get extra money, but proportionally not as much as uh, some other districts. Um, but the real question then is, well, what happens after 2024? Let's assume they do pay out this money. Uh, what happens then? Well, at this point, we don't know. All we know is uh, that the state doesn't tend to follow formulas. Um, you know, they, uh, they, they make up their minds every year politically with um, negotiations in the back rooms and a lot of political wheeling and dealing and whichever legislators have the most power can get the most money for their districts and all. Uh, that's not the way it's supposed to be. And the Court of Appeals in our CFE case made clear that the state has an obligation under the state constitution to determine what is the number of dollars you need to provide all kids in the state on a needs basis, the opportunity for sound basic education. Right. And on the basis of that, uh, the court said they have to make up an equitable formula. So they did that in 2007, but um, that was almost 15 years ago. And quite frankly, the foundation aid formula, which we thought was great back in 2007, and it was, it's outdated. Yes, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a mess. Years. Yeah, yeah. We, we've had- It's outdated, it's a mess. And again, right. it, it's, it's something that is, that regularly fell victim to those backroom deals that you mentioned. Right. And everybody knows that this is what's happening. Everybody knows that education in New York state is not funded by the needs of the students. It's funded by the, the political machinations of whoever happens to be in power. And the foundation aid turned out to be just another tool to do that. So how do we get away from these backroom deals and get ourselves to a point where we are actually paying attention to what it actually costs to educate students and we're making the funding decisions based on what it costs to educate students rather than whatever political winds happen to be blowing? Well, again, you're asking the, the absolutely right question, Samantha. I so took notes when I was talking to the lawyers. <laughs> this is the second thing we're trying to get into this uh, court order uh, to settle the case. And that is a new costing out study. They did a study in 2007. 
Uh, they did look at how many dollars you need to provide a sound basic education um, throughout the state. That's where they came up with this $7 billion increase number. And, um, uh, you know, we agreed with it at the time. That's what we needed back in 2007. They had given us all the money on the schedule that they stated, um, the schools would have been in great shape um, um, that many years ago. All right, they need to do that over again. And, and as it, you know, it, we've got changes in demography, changes in state mandates, changes in needs. Um, we've got to look at what the needs are post COVID in, in 2022, 23, 25, 26. All right, so what we're calling for is not only a new study to be done in the near future about what, what is needed at the present time, but we want a commission, a permanent commission that will look at these questions on an ongoing basis and they'll do it in a transparent manner and they will have uh, experts weighing in on things, but not only experts, we're saying there should be public engagement, there should be input from parents, there should be input from community groups, and everybody should be aware of what these figures are. If we have experts who have done studies and they've recommended the amounts, then the public should comment on it before it goes to the legislature for uh, final uh, determination. Um, the legislature does legally have the right to make the final decisions, but exactly what you were saying, Samantha, we're saying, let's have the expertise come in Let's have the public be aware of it, to comment about it. Then it goes to the legislature. And if they don't accept what, what this process comes up with, which we think will be a fair um, uh, fact-based amount, uh, then they're gonna have to explain it. They can't just do it in the back room. Yes. And um, we would know what's going on. So that's, that's what we're looking for. And um, I'm gonna have to run now, but I just mm -hmm. wanna yeah. add one more thing because you said, what can parents do? What can community groups do now? Well, Tish James, our state attorney general, is the person uh, responsible for uh, making the final decisions about what the state's position will be on our negotiations. Um, uh, we are not talking to Tish James directly. We're talking to her um, attorneys who, who have been working on the case, but they report to her. So um, I think people, if they can, should write to Tish James, uh, call her office or whatever, and say, settle the nicer case by guaranteeing the amount and setting up this costing out commission. That's what we need. And if, if you guys are as effective in, um, in putting pressure on Tish James as you were in putting pressure on the legislature, if all of us work together, do it, then maybe we can get these good results. Yes. Absolutely. Thank you, Michael, so much for all of your work on behalf of students across the state. And thank you for giving of your time this evening. Okay. Well, thank you, Samantha. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to respond to your very interesting questions. And thank you for your commitment to public mm -hmm. education. And, and hopefully I'll have you back when we get that guarantee that the state will actually give the money that it says it will. <laughs> okay. I hope so. Thank you. All right. Have a good night. So, folks. That is a, a brief history of fighting for education funding here in the state of New York, fighting for equity, fighting for appropriate funding, fighting for funding that's actually tied to what students need. It doesn't happen often. And 
everybody was shocked when the legislator came up with a plan that is actually going to attempt to provide appropriate levels of funding for education here in, in the state of New York. But as you heard earlier, do we have confidence that they will follow through as they said they would? We do have evidence, we do have precedence for the breaking of those promises and the pulling back of funding. So it's important for parents, for community partners, for caregivers to be reaching out to continue pressing our representatives, continue pressing the state attorney general to put some teeth to that legislation, to make it legally binding so that we actually do get the funds that our students need. And it's equally important to actually know how much we actually need to educate our students. I want to pause and remind everyone that you are watching Fireside Chat Fridays, sponsored by Parents for Public Schools of Syracuse to discuss all matters pertaining to education here in the city of Syracuse. You can hear us on straight independent radio. You can find us on YouTube and you can find us live on Facebook every Friday at 6 p.m. Now I'm flying solo tonight. So you get me unfiltered. And I, I wanna share a little bit about my experience being deposed by, by an assistant state attorney general talking about the kind of education that my children are receiving in the Syracuse City School District and the kind of education that I would actually want my children to receive. So I, I, I had to go through a lot of practice. <laughs> you know, these are the kinds of questions they're going to ask you. These are the ways that they're going to try to get information out of you. This is how you need to respond. And okay, I got that. And I have five children in the Syracuse City School District and I got asked the same set of questions five times about what I thought about the resources that are available, what I thought about the teachers, the staffing, the kind of education my children were having, what experience they had. And I, I, was, I was honest, pretty honest, honest about sitting down in Committee on Special Education meetings to decide what services my children would receive for the school year and knowing that what decided the services they were going to get would not be their academic needs, would not be their disability, it would be the budget and that there wasn't actually enough money in the budget to provide my children and any other children in the district like them with the resources that they needed. I talked about all the times that I would say, okay, this is what my kid needs. And the teacher would say, yes, we know that's what your child needs, but no one was willing to provide it for my child or provide that teacher with the tools that they needed. This is real stuff. It happens to families every day it's happening to families right now. They're talking with people who are supposed to be providing them services and they can't get them. And it drives parents up the wall and it drives teachers, well, 
the teachers that I know and the teachers that I talk to, it drives them up the wall that they don't have the resources to do their best for their students. And any teachers out there who wanna comment, any families, caregivers, parents, students who wanna comment, please do. You can comment on our live broadcast. I love talking with you. But it, it was, a, it was a, a strange experience telling five different stories about five different education experiences with my children and the, the one theme that ran through it all was just how difficult it was to get them the resources. They're five individuals. They have different needs, different strengths, different weaknesses. But it was still such a, it was so much work to get them the resources that they needed. And it shouldn't be that much work for a teacher to get what they need for their classroom. Teachers should not have to be shelling out hundreds of dollars out of pocket to provide the resources that their students need in the classroom. It, it, it's just that simple. Now, moving forward, the Syracuse City School District is set to receive a lot of money. And we talked a little bit last week about when uh, David Maynard was on the show with me about where that money is going to end up and who gets to decide. Now, I think that families should have a significant role in deciding where all of that money goes. If you also think that families should have a significant voice in deciding where all of that money goes, let me know, give me a thumbs up, drop a comment, drop a note. Because here in the, Syr the, the Syracuse City School District, there is a lot that goes on that parents are not made privy to. And as Michael was speaking earlier, I, I scribbled down the words accountability and transparency. And those are two things that are sorely missing <laughs> when it comes to education here in Syracuse. There's no transparency about how decisions are being made. There's no transparency for, for families about how the budget is being made, where the resources are being spent. And there's really no interaction between the people who are making decisions for our children and the families who can better inform that process, which is extremely disappointing, extremely frustrating. And those of you who are running for school board commissioner, please, I need y'all to understand that we need people, families, parents, we need people to be willing to talk to us, to seriously appreciate and accept the help that we are willing to offer because our children's education is that important to us. Now, I could go on and on, and perhaps I will, about what needs to be done for education here in, this, in the city of Syracuse. I think I've said before that as the city of Syracuse goes, so does the county. 
And we really do need to have everyone, everyone, paying attention and focusing on making sure that the students in Syracuse get the education that they need because they will be the leaders of Syracuse. And if we're not willing to invest in our future leaders, we aren't going anywhere. The children are our future. We want them to stay here. We want them to build lives here, raise their families, invest in the city, help it grow. So we need to invest time and attention in them. Now, as I said before, there's gonna be a lot of money coming in. The Syracuse City School District has until June to submit a plan to the state about how it's gonna spend that money. So folks, please go ahead, go to the school district website, hit that little let's talk icon and ask them, how are they gonna spend that money? Let them know what your priorities are for your child's education, for your student's education. Because we need to make our voices heard. Find them on Facebook, find them on Twitter, find them on Instagram, and let your voices be heard. Sometimes I don't think that parents and caregivers realize just how powerful and influential they can be. And it is important for us to exercise that power in a responsible manner, speaking up for our students, making sure that they get the resources that they need, that they get the education that they need. It's important for us to always have education in the spotlight, letting people know that it's important to us, letting people know that our children's futures are important to us, letting our state legislatures know that it's important to us, letting the county legislatures know that it's important to us. And it's absolutely critical that we push back against the, the, the backroom dealing that is the way that education has been funded for so many years in the state. We want some sunshine, folks. <laughs> some sunshine to illuminate just what people's priorities are when it comes to our children's education. What are people's priorities when it comes to helping high-need districts? I need districts like Syracuse with a high rate of poverty, a significant population of English, English language learners. 20% uh, of the student population here in Syracuse has an IEP and is receiving special education services. And it's likely that the number is higher than that because students are misdiagnosed or underdiagnosed, especially students who are living in poverty and students who are part of a, an ethnic or racial minority. So there are a lot of needs here in Syracuse and there are other districts across the state that have a lot of needs. It's not clear that anyone is prioritizing 
the districts and the students with the highest needs. And it is my eternal frustration that no one has a really clear answer about how much it actually costs to educate a student in New York State. How much does it cost to educate a student here in Syracuse? How much does it cost to educate a student in a small rural district? How much does it cost to educate a student in Liverpool or Fayetteville or Manlius? We don't know, which makes it kind of challenging when it comes to allocating funds for education. So as you reach out to, to the district and to legislatures and other lawmakers, tell them we need to know. We need a solid answer, a realistic answer. We need to do the research and look into these things so that we know what it actually costs to give the students of New York State their constitutional right to an education, a sound basic education. And while you're at it, define what sound basic education needs means. Because, you know, it kind of sounds like weasel words so that no one you know, something that you, you can't really pin to a wall. It's a moving target. So we need to establish real standards that are based on the developmental abilities of our students. We need to establish real standards about what it costs to fund our students based on the realities of the 21st century, a post-COVID, Okay, I don't know if we're post-COVID yet. Someday we will be post-COVID. And education funding needs to reflect those realities. Here in Syracuse, the funding needs to reflect the, the reality that so many of our buildings, school buildings, have been neglected for decades and are falling apart. And many of them are not fit for human habitation, okay? Let's be honest, when you've got mold growing throughout the building and trees growing out of the roof, that's not someplace that students should be learning. So again, there, we need to actually pay attention, like our children are important. And when I say we, I mean the people who are in charge of educating them and allocating the funds to educate them. We need y'all to pay attention. And we need y'all to focus on providing the education that our students deserve. Oh dear, here we go. Now I'm about out of steam because I'm an introvert and I don't usually do this much talking on my own. I like to listen. So if you have any questions or any comments, you can find Parents for Public Schools of Syracuse on Facebook, send us your questions. We will share with you information about nicer.org and their work fighting for the last few decades for equitable education funding, for funding that reflects the needs of the students in the different districts across the state. We will also share with you contact information for the state attorney general's office so you can reach out to them and let them know that we need a guarantee that all that funding that has been promised will actually appear. 
and we also we will share you with you the information on how to reach out and let them know that we need to do the work and do the research to find out what it costs to educate our students. We need to know how much it costs to educate a student who's autistic, the different kinds of autistic. We need to know how much it costs to educate a student who's deaf or blind or has a physical disability and mobility issue. We need to know how much it costs to educate a student who's learning English for the first time. We need to know how much it costs to prepare a student to enter college and thrive or enter a trade and thrive. Because we want our students to thrive. No matter their ability, no matter their zip code, no matter their family history. I'm signing off early tonight because allergies are a thing and they are kicking my butt right now. I want to thank you all for listening and joining in on the Fireside Chat Fridays, sponsored by Parents for Public Schools of Syracuse to discuss all matters around education here in the city of Syracuse. You can find us on Straight Independent Radio and live on Facebook every Friday night at 6 p.m. You can also find us on YouTube. And thank you all for joining in and listening. 